Hallelujah. Good to see everybody tonight. I'm just going to keep you a few more minutes, and then we're going to go upstairs and have fellowship with each other. Amen. But thank you for making time tonight. I know Tuesday night is our prayer meeting night, and, and, uh, but lots of things going on, and lots of things going on in Tulsa, praise the Lord, in different people's lives. But you're so welcome tonight. We're so looking forward to fellowshipping and, you know, just, just talking and conversing with everybody, amen, over some food in just a couple of moments, amen. But thank you for coming out, amen, because I believe that God has something very special for each and every one of us, amen. I'd like you to go to Matthew, or to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to take a quick look at the Christmas story, if that's okay with you tonight, Amen. Just a couple of things that I'd like to say to you, just as a precursor, amen, to all those things that are going to happen over these next few days. You know what it's like. It gets to the middle of December, and things start to get into a gallop. There's no holding it back. It gets like a freight train, and before you know it, amen, you're on the other side of Christmas looking at the new year. How many people knows what I'm talking about? I know many people have already let us know that travel is beginning early this year, and people being with their families, amen. So, thank God for a week of prayer. Amen. Last night was phenomenal, and the turnout last night was so encouraging. And I'm, I believe that we're going to see that through the rest of the week. Amen. Praise the Lord. So if you've never been to one of those prayer meetings, you've never been out to the night of prayer. Amen. You've got Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and I believe you don't want to miss it. Amen. What else do you want to do on a night anyway? Amen. Throw your feet up and whatever. Come on out to pray. And uh, you'll see God reward you highly. I believe you sow that, you're going to reap something from that. So it's so very, very powerful. It was a very bold thing to throw a week of prayer into the middle of December. But I believe it was a God thing. Amen. When I see the things that are going on in this world and the things that are trying to happen, amen, I believe December was a great month to pray. Praise the Lord. Susie, would you please stand tonight? I think Lucas is probably up in the sky there, is he? Amen. But praise the Lord. Tell everybody what's going to happen in December for you both. Amen. We're having a baby. <laughs> so just stand. Everybody reach, reach your hands towards uh, uh, Susie. This is for you too, Lucas. Praise the Lord up there in the sky. But we just agree. Praise the Lord. You know, babies have a mind of their own at times. Amen. And, and we know that there's a specific time for this little one to come. So we just lay our hands on Susie right now in the name of Jesus for the joy of this season. Amen. That over this Christmas, this little one. Oh, here he comes. Oh, he couldn't see green cheese. He had to be here getting in mama's moment. Praise the Lord. Amen. But praise the Lord. Amen. Father, just bless this couple. Amen. This first child, the child that opens the womb. And so, Father, we just give you praise for the season in their lives. Father God, just give them so much joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And we declare it, Father, it'll be heaven on earth. And all will be exactly as planned. It'll be the easiest thing you've ever done, says a man. In Jesus. <laughs> ah, in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Let this child leap for joy, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Come on, are you pleased tonight? Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. 23 holds lots of things for each and every one of us. Don't forget New Year's Eve. I know that we'll have Sunday services on the 1st of January, 10 and 6. Amen. You don't want to miss those, but you don't want to miss that very important service on New Year's Eve. I know it's Saturday night. Amen. We've moved it up. We've moved it forward so everybody can get out and spend time with each other. Amen. This year, because Sunday comes quickly, Sunday morning comes quickly. Amen. Because we want you back out in the morning. Amen. And not watching online in your pajamas. Hallelujah. Amen. How many people know that's very tempting after a late night? Well, we take authority over that temptation. <laughs> So, Luke chapter 2, this is so, so wonderful, the story of Christmas, praise the Lord, prophesied from years and years and years of a moment in Bethlehem when a child would be born, praise God. In those days it occurred that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole Roman Empire should be registered. I want you to take note of this. This was the first enrollment, and it was made when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all the people were going to be registered, each to his own city or town. And Joseph also went up from the Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the town of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his espoused married wife, who was about to become a mother. And while they were there, the time came for her delivery. And she gave birth to her son, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room or place for them in the inn. You know, it's amazing. You think to yourself, you know, that Nazareth, they're in Nazareth. Here they, they have to go to Bethlehem. And everybody's thinking that it's for the purposes of taxes. Here God in his infinite wisdom has, you know, brought in something, you know, like out of the box. Let's get everybody to have to pay taxes so that we can get everybody in Bethlehem, so that we can get everybody positioned, so that we can get everybody aligned. I don't know what was good about everybody having to pay taxes, but anyway, God has a sense of humor that he used this so that everybody would have to be where they were supposed to be. You know what I've learned in my life? It doesn't matter what inconvenience or what is going on, God has a way of getting us where he wants us at the time that he wants us there. Amen. It wasn't prophesied that this child would come in Nazareth. This child was to come in Bethlehem. I don't know how Joseph and Mary would have got to Bethlehem if it hadn't have been because they had to pay taxes that they had to enroll. And so God, in the way that he works things, here we have to go to Bethlehem. Don't, don't people realize that my wife is heavily pregnant? Doesn't, don't, don't they realize that this is so inconvenient right now? Well, how many people that's lived a little while knows that God is not really convenient? <laughs> no, he's the God, really, who expects us to be where we're supposed to be at the time we're supposed to be there to do what it is that needs to be done. And so Mary and Joseph were no different. And even though she was carrying the child, the child of destiny, she still had to do what it is that she had to do. Amen. It wasn't just God lifting her up and dropping her in a nice hotel room in Bethlehem. In actual fact, because of the amount of people that were in Bethlehem and because Joseph got there late, amen, there's a little thing, a caveat in there for everybody, do not get to the hotel late. 
Karen knows that. Our family knows that. I do not like arriving late to hotels. Amen. I always try to get an earlier flight so that I can get to the hotel in the early afternoon because when you get there late, you get the dregs of the room. It wouldn't matter if you're diamond status or platinum status. When you get there late, you are given basically what is left. Well, Joseph got there late and there wasn't even a room for him and he was put in a cave or a stable. Amen. Now, I know that we sing Silent Night, but truly, this stable or this cave was nothing to do with silence. It was one of the most noisiest places that you could ever find yourself. At nighttime, where the child would have been born, would have been full of animals, full of people, full of people talking, full of people possibly playing, you know, dice games or card games and all of these different things. But this was not a quiet place to have a baby. If anything, this was probably the rightiest place in time. And this is where Mary and Joseph find themselves to have a child. Well, some of you have had the most wonderful experiences when it comes to give birth to your child. This was not probably at the top of Mary's list of where she thought that she would give birth to this holy, holy child. But God has a way of doing things. I want you over this next period of time in your life to really take stock of what God is doing. Even if it doesn't look like this could be God, it could absolutely be God. Sometimes we miss God by what it looks like. We would have thought that Jesus should have come and be born in the palace, in a castle, in the best room of the local hotel. But here, they are being pushed out to where the dregs of society would probably be gathered among the animals. Well, that's not what you would really think for your children, right? I believe with all my heart that God has a way of doing things. And sometimes we miss the joy of what he's doing because of the way we think it should be done. This year, we're going to give God the absolute liberty in our lives to do whatever he needs to do in Jesus' precious name. So the next time you sing Silent Night, just remember that it probably was a rowdy night. Makes good for Christmas, but the reality is what we want. You know, it leads on in this story. Praise the Lord. Look at this. Verse 6. And while they were there, the time came for the delivery. And she gave birth to her son, her firstborn. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room or place for them in the nearby hotel. And in that vicinity, there were shepherds living out under the open sky in the field, watching in shifts over their flock by night. This is amazing. Have you ever questioned what were truly the swaddling clothes? The swaddling clothes were bandages, bandages that were used for the lambs that were being born. And the shepherds would wrap the legs of the lambs. You know, the shepherds, the shepherds were just not watching sheep by night. The field was a designated place. 
It was a place where the shepherds actually watched the lambs. What for? Because of what needed to be taken place in the temples. These little lambs would eventually find their way, many of them, to the temple for sacrifice. But the swaddling clothes were just not pieces of material that were lying around in a cave, in a stable, in a righty place. They actually were pieces of material called bandages that were wrapped around the lamb's legs. Amen? The little lambs. The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, this little lamb, the lamb of God that John prophesied about, now was lying in this manger in the same bandages that would have wrapped the legs of the lambs were now wrapping the child, the child of Almighty God. You see, when the shepherds would have come to inspect the child, to see the child, Scripture says, go see him, for it will be a sign to you. The sign was the lamb, the swaddling clothes, the same thing that they would have done for the little lambs was now done for the lamb that came to take away the sins of the world. Can you worship him with me right now? Come on, just worship him. He's such a great, 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 great God. The scripture goes on to say, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and the glory of the Lord flashed and shone about them, and they were terrified, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will come to all people. For to you this day, born is a Savior, who is Christ the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign, the sign of a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, the very swaddling clothes that they recognized that they used to wrap the lambs. Then suddenly there appeared with the angel an army of the trips of heaven, a heavenly knighthood praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on an earth peace among men. With him he is well pleased. When the angels went away from from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing, saying, That has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they made haste, and they went there. It's the most amazing, most amazing thing. How this just literally lines up Scripture after Scripture. We've heard the Christmas story so many times, but yet we look at the nativity scene and we think it's lovely, but yet it could have been completely different from what it was. Our nativity scene, of course, has everybody in their place. And as it moves out from the nativity scene, what do we have? We have also the wise man. Look at you near say, I'm a wise person too, praise the Lord. Our nativity scene portrays that everything happened at the one time. Our plays throughout the years 
portray that everything happened at the one time. But truly, the true story of Christmas lasted more than just one night. Over a period of time, from that holy night when a star appeared in the sky, there were magi, men, wise men, from afar that saw this star and knew that they had to gather treasures and make their way to see this child. It approximately took a period of two years. How do we know that it wasn't just on the night, that holy night that the Magi appeared? Because when you go over to Matthew 2, Matthew 2 tells us that the Magi came to his house. You see, in Luke 2, we've got the stable, we've got the cave. In Matthew 2, we've got the house. It took approximately two years for the Magi to make their way across whatever land, topography, geography, whatever. And they arrived two years later. It wasn't just three. There were many. And they came with treasures. They came with so many gifts. So many gifts that they would leave the child in no lack in any way possible. I declare over you this year that God is bringing you all that you need and there will be no lack in any of our homes. Let's just worship him right now in the name of Jesus. Don, can you jump on the piano for me, please? You see, it's a beautiful thing to watch the nativity play. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm not trying to take away from it. But what I'm trying to get to you is that before any situation in our lives, God has a plan. There came a day when the lives of little boys was expected, and God gave Joseph and Mary a plan that they would take the child to Egypt for its safety. Well, they couldn't go to Egypt without treasure. And what the Magi brought them right on time was what they sustained themselves with in Egypt. I declare over you that God is an on-time God. Begin to pray with me in the Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Timings are key. Don't put God into just a, a little nativity scene. Don't put God into what we would class as a beautiful moment of silent light. Don't put God just into a carol that we can sing so that we can celebrate a time called Christmas. In all our celebrations and all that we're doing, I love this time of year and I love it that we can come and we can focus on the King and we can focus in giving Jesus all the praise and all the honor. But the story speaks of so much more. The story speaks of salvation, of one that came and self selflessly poured out his life, even through those years of sitting with the scribes and the Pharisees, learning of who he was and what it was he was supposed to do, so that he could do exactly what needed to be done at the time it needed to be done. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Mary and Joseph did live in Nazareth. Mary and Joseph did travel to Bethlehem. There was a real manger, and the swaddling clothes were so real of that day because that's what the shepherds used to work with those little lambs as they watched them so that they could present them to the priest at the temple. And they came to the child and they saw that the child was wrapped in the same swaddling clothes. What a night when the angels appeared. When you hear of that field and you read this Christmas story, know that that field was a designated place. Everyone knew what it was for. And I was thinking over this last couple of weeks, and I believe I said it to you Sunday, about how I walked out onto the back patio on the third floor of Pastor Stevens house in Bethlehem and there is the field where shepherds watch their flocks what a field trip what a reality that this story of Christmas was just not dreamt up by someone somewhere but this story of Christmas is the reality that Jesus is Lord of all and that the Father's great plan is always the best plan that we could ever have in our lives. Hallelujah. I don't know what happened, but I know after purification time, Mary had to stay there for a period of days because of given birth there was a purification time and she wouldn't have been able to leave Bethlehem and go home to Nazareth and until she was given the all clear but after a few days praise the Lord Joseph and Mary headed on back home and then after a period of time when they were making ready to head to Egypt wise men appeared bearing gifts I declare in this 23 that we're coming into that wise men will show up in your life and bear many gifts for the plan and the purpose ahead of us. Can you give them thanks for this right now? Come on, just a simple relay of a story which I pray with all my heart touched your heart that how real this story of Christmas is and it's not a nativity. It's eternity of a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said... <laughs>